This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform. I am sitting here with Eat Perform coach Sarah Kumar. Sarah is actually one of the two people that's in charge of our group coaching program. And so what we do is we have once a week a call, and actually there's a few of these calls each week, where we take ourselves out of the group coaching program and we go into the forums and if you're a new client, this is sort of meant for you to be able to get up to speed really quickly on the concepts of Eat to Perform. And so what you guys are going to see is that the members of Eat to Perform right now are going to be asking us questions as we go. Now, right now, no one has asked us any questions. But if you guys can kind of get in queue, what, what typically happens, you know, is we'll start with questions and then all of a sudden everything kind of gets rolling. The problem is is that sometimes we don't really kind of get those questions till around say, you know, right now it's 11:30 a.m. We don't really start getting any questions till till noon and then once we're rolling, you know, we have to kind of shut it down at 12:30 and we don't always get to all the questions, so that can be a little problematic. So on this call, you're going to see a lot of Q&A and what I think is really cool about this from the standpoint of podcast listeners is, you know, normally we have some type of theme where myself and, and you know, a number of the e-form coaches will kind of go back and forth. This is different. This is, you know, this is clients asking us questions that are probably relevant to many of you guys. And, you know, if you're not a member right now, you know, maybe you might want to think about it. But also, um, it'll, it'll kind of give you a preview of, like, what you're, you're potentially signing up for. So it, it's kind of cool in that respect. Um, yeah, so, so one of the things that's kind of really cool right now is our podcast is number eight on the... Uh, health category list, you know, we basically went from kind of unknown um, to to being eighth um, relatively quickly based on a lot of the recent podcasts that have generated a lot of interest and then, you know, people started rating and reviewing us. So if you haven't hit subscribe, rate and review on the podcast within iTunes, that would be really helpful. Also, we post the link in SoundCloud. We are starting to get questions, and so I'll kind of kind of get to those in just a second. But I wanted to run through one idea real quickly because I think that it's very important as it relates to many of your journey. So one of the things, we had someone just jump in on the, the webcast. Uh, I don't know if Sarah brought, brought somebody up to the top or, you know, or how that's worked, but this is sort of confusing me. Um, but anyway, the uh, one of the problems that I think that a lot of people have as it relates to, um, you know, their weight loss journey, their fitness journey, or whatever, has nothing to do with calories or, you know, m making sure that you're eating enough chicken and kale. Um you're gonna to have to mute everybody, Sarah. The um, otherwise, we're it's just gonna go that way. And there are. Some people are in a coma, but I can't hear them. 
Well, that's going to make for a shitty podcast. <laughs> um, it looks like they might have muted themselves. There we go. Yeah. So what I was going to say, though, is that when you first started off, a lot of times you're motivated by a lot of external factors, you know, like your, um, you know, you have, you know, some fat that you would like to be rid of. And so therefore you're going to seek out some level of understanding as it relates to that information. Right. And when people ask me, you know, what eat form is all about and the core principle of what we do. So, well, the core principle of what we do is excitement, you know, and the reason why excitement's important for you guys, especially for people that are new, I mean, it's just so, so huge for you guys to get in and join all the groups and just kind of just really bathe in like the excitement piece. You know, I, I get it that, you know, you want to see a result and you want that result to ultimately land you in a spot. I mean, I'm a person that lost 80 pounds. So I totally get the idea of a goal. But the problem was for roughly, you know, 10 to 15 years, I didn't really focus on the end game so much. So it was always kind of that quick fix type stuff. And then once I actually allowed myself, and, and at the beginning of my journey, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement involved but you know in general I, I did kind of create it around myself you know and I was able to kind of create that level of community and whether it be powerlifting whether it be you know um, CrossFit that made a big difference for me and you know I love the definition that Steve Jobs had you know of why you need passion for something and why you need passion for fitness and and you know eating um, it's because when you have passion you stay the course you're able to get a long-term approach and and stick with that approach the problem with you know just saying I have 20 pounds to lose is it's a yes or no question and so if the answer ends up no, boom, face full of cheesecake, right? But if, you're, but if you're passionate, you know, what happens is, is passion is sort of, you know, like the way that Steve Jobs described it, passionate is the thing that sticks with you when things get tough. Because any rational person, given a certain amount of adversity, would leave like that that that's the same thing to do right I'm I'm you know I'm in the gym this workout is hard you know I'm just I'm just gonna quit and and go back to you know living an unfit life right that's what a normal person would do that's what a sane person would do but a passionate person you know would look at that as a challenge and then you know kind of kind of see things out and so when you look at eat to form i really want you guys to see the level of excitement that we try to put around our challenges the level of excitement that we try to put around our social groups and stuff like this and 
And, you know, if you're kind of like hanging on the periphery, I'm just going to just going to tell you, like, you're probably not going to make it. And the reason why you're not going to make it is because you're just pretending to be interested in results. Right. If you dive in, you know, you're you've got a shot. Right. You've got a shot to bathe in that excitement level. Right. And bathe in the passion, bathe in the fun. You know, you do that. You have a good shot. But if if you're just kind of hanging out and you're kind of nibbling on it to perform, it's going to be a struggle. And my guess is that you've probably nibbled on a lot of ideas, right? right? I think one of the things that's interesting about the dieting from a scientific standpoint, you know, and, and eat form isn't really kind of a strictly dieting, you know, program, obviously. You know, we're, we're, you know, we actually believe that dieting is, is the majority of the problem for most people, but we certainly have an answer for deficit eating. But dieting, starvation, you know, none of that's fun, you know, and, and, uh, and that's why, you know, the, the rates of success of dieting is so abysmal, you know, I mean, you know, like Tracy Mann says that the, you know, the good majority of people are more inclined to recover from most forms of cancer than they are to successfully diet. Um, I, I think that's enlightening, you know, and when you think of the transparency of most of these companies, you know, it's not good. You know, they, they don't they don't tell us the information. They don't they don't give us statistics on how they've been able to sort of, you know, prove their approach. Uh, the other thing that I think is important to realize, especially if you're new, is that you probably think that a little bit of the problem that you've had is willpower and you're wrong from a scientific standpoint. People that are known to be chronic dieters are known to have more willpower than regular people from a scientific standpoint. But willpower is sort of one of those things. It's like a glass of water. You know what I mean? And, you know, when you drink up your willpower, you know, maybe you use all your willpower for dieting, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, your uncle passes away. And then you don't have enough willpower, you know, to deal with that situation. And so now your glass is empty. And once again, you start making some choices that, you know, aren't, you know, what your long-term goal, you know, aren't representative of your long-term goals. And so kind of keep that in mind as we're walking through these questions. But I, I thought that that would be helpful for a lot of, you know, you new guys talking, you know, and, and, right. and, and kind of walking through that. I would just add to that with a part where Paul is talking about just diving in and not skirting around the edges. Um, that's so important, and I think that a lot of the reason a lot of you don't jump into all the material is being afraid of not doing it right. Pause, so, um, whatever that is. Um, so you can't be afraid to fail. I mean, the most important thing is to dig in. Once you start asking questions, there's a, a bunch of coaches that are going to jump in and answer your questions, and that's the starting point. One question will lead to your next question, which will lead to the next question that you didn't even know you had in the first place. Yeah. So it's kind of an awesome process if you look at it that way. Now, and for a lot of you guys, if you're in the forums or if you're in the various Facebook groups, 
Um, those are good and those are helpful, right? But if you've been dieting since you were like 12 years old and you haven't really figured it out up to this point, maybe our quick start or group coaching, you know, are, are options that you could explore. Most of them, you know, are, you know, there was a price point where you can get in and it's, it's not going to be like, just overwhelming you know i think quick start as an example is 99.95 a year group coaching you know 69.95 a month you can leave at any time you know so we really do kind of put it out there so you guys can get a better feel for it and and we want you to succeed we want you to leave you know if you look at a lot of basic dieting models it's almost ridiculous how there are kind of set up for you to fail, right? Right. <laughs> like like yeah. like a lot of the systems they really, you know, they need you to fail and come back, you know? And which is one of the reasons why a lot of lot of, you know, of uh, the basic dieting programs don't talk a lot about reverse dieting and and making sure that you have a little bit of a, a blowback and stuff like that. And so those are probably some of the topics we'll get into as we're, you know, um, getting through the questions. So, Sarah, can you just read off and let's get rolling? Sure can. So this is from ADHDMD. How close do I need to be to my macros calories for week one? Not hitting my targets, but should I just move on to week two regardless? Yes, is the answer. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with Eat to Form, let me just kind of run through that real quickly. What we do is we kind of ask you guys to estimate how many calories that you're eating on a daily basis, and we're trying to establish a, a healthy baseline that gets your metabolism rolling, gets you working out better in the gym, and more activity. You know, I mean, sleeping better, you know, better sex. I mean, like, you know, it's really, it's really funny. You know, I mean, I, right? Here we go again. You know, all the sex, all the fun. Um, but, but. What people don't realize, I mean, you know, one of the things that sort of sh has struck me, um, yes, it is one of Paul's favorite topics, um, but uh, was when the people started saying, you know, I can't believe my hair is coming back, you know, like you have to be really committed to a bad approach, you know, when you start losing your hair and then you start to realize like all this hair, you know, transplant you know, why they end up being like such a big deal for women. I didn't even know that. Um, so basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to aim at a target without being like super, super specific. You know, I think Lerna, you know, April mentioned the other day, she's um, Sarah's uh, right hand person um, in, the co in the group coaching partner in crime partner in crime and you know she said openly she's like i don't hit my macros you know to the point you know to the t every single day and that's not really the goal you know the goal is just to kind of keep working progressively to where you're eating an adequate amount for what you do and so we're really trying to kind of kind of you know kickstart that metabolism and and what's funny about the whole kickstart the metabolism thing is that most people do it without food, you know. And I don't, I don't, you know, they're gonna have to show me the physiology of that, um, yeah. because if you're not, you know, eating an adequate amount, you know, or not moving in that direction, and then you're not doing, 
you know, more in the gym, feeling better, you know, um, sleeping better, you know, all that stuff. Um, then of course the sex part. Um, but, but, but if, uh, if those things, yeah, but if those things, and we're gonna, you know, the number one person in the health podcast is her, her podcast is sex with Emily. You know, we're going to give, we're going to give sex with Emily a run for their money with all this sex talk. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, let's see. You can probably roll that into the next question, Paul, because Kelly's asking as a newbie, what do you recommend concentrating on first? Calorie intake, macros, or timing? I know this is a favorite for you. Yeah. So, so just putting it really super out there, um, I'll, I'll answer the first question or the, the last part first. Timing. Don't worry about that. Unless you're training for the Olympics, it's not going to be that important right now. That's not going to be the big thing that you're going to want to get right. In terms of, you know, macros or calories, I would probably say calories, right, um, is most important. But with the caveat of you have to have some level of balance. You can't, you know, just go, okay, you know, you know, the program is saying, you know, I'm supposed to be at 1700 calories on this week, you know, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you, you know, 1200 of those calories are coming from carbohydrates, you know, and, and none from fat and you're kind of doing protein, right? Right. You have to have some level of balance there. So, you know, and, and my guess is most people sort of know that, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, telling any secrets there. But when you kind of look at your plans, you know, one of the things that, you know, we were having a discussion with, um, you know, the, there's basically like a team of three people that get you guys all of your plans. And what we kind of talked about this week was just kind of adding a little thing that, that this is really sort of a guideline. It's not like strict rules. And I think that, you know, for you guys coming in, when you're asking the question, you know, what should I try and get right? It really is the calories part, you know, because calories is going to ultimately help energy overall. And, you know, and then we can sort of hone in, you know, one of the things that I'm a big fan of is getting one thing right, you know, right. and when you're trying to get 10 things right, that gets to be really, really super hard. So I, I would definitely focus on getting one thing right. And then once you have that one thing right, then we can move to protein, right? And then we can move to carbohydrates or we can move to, you know, timing. But if you focus on one thing, you're more likely to accomplish that goal, establish better habits rather than just going, you know, okay, this is all overwhelming. This is confusing. And ultimately, that's another reason why. You know, like if, if, for instance, let's say that you were confused. And of course, like right in the middle of the podcast, my Facebook goes off. You know, um, the production value of this is just so amazing, right? Um, but, but yeah, so um, I would say that, what what was I talking about? I got distracted. You were you were saying that calories um, calories are first. Getting that in is most important. I would just I would add to that that the one is is protein. I will say that in, in group coaching, 
when I'm, I have clients that are coming in, you know, fresh is yes, your calories, but I really want you to hit your protein work. Just have that in the back of your head, right, right from the get go. Cause for some people, it's really a difficult sticking point that they have just never tracked before or just aren't used to eating that much protein. So for some people, it's a higher, much higher number. So I would say calories and you know, protein is right there. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a great suggestion. And otherwise, actually. it can take a month before you actually hit that protein goal when you could have been utilizing it. Your body could have been utilizing it right from the get-go if you just think to hit that protein number along with your calories. I think the other thing, too, especially for new people that are just starting out, um is that the end game is not now, right? The end game is kind of picking apart the specifics and trying to get kind of, you know, this result over time. And the two things that tend to be most important, we're actually doing, we did a, we did a show on cutting, um, you know, and, uh, you know, like Sarah cringes when, when I talk about cutting with people that are uh-huh. relatively new. Because, but, but I think it's important for you guys to understand that we're not saying that you might never look for weight loss in the future, or you might never look at, you know, fat loss, though fat loss is a little different discussion. I mean, we've been doing like so many podcasts on these topics. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, when we're talking about fat loss, a lot of you guys are getting fat loss right now because you're kind of rehydrating muscle, you're doing better workouts, you're getting in more volume and 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 now regenerating new tissue, new stronger tissue. And and that's all fat loss too, right? And so that's why focusing on, you know, scale weight. I mean, it's kind of interesting because I'll see people talk a lot about, you know, that's why I don't weigh myself anymore. Yeah. I'm not yeah, a fan of that. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. And the reason why I'm not a fan of that is anytime you're making major changes in your life, you know, you you want to have an idea on what's going on now. I totally get it. You know that that and and I actually talked about this on on Saturday, I believe. You know where I don't weigh myself, but I don't weigh myself for a different reason than you guys don't weigh yourself. Or at least right now I don't, um, because right now you know I'm really focusing more on kind of building muscle and work capacity and things of that nature. And when you're doing that, you kind of need food in that process. And, you know, me, like, body fat testing myself daily, you know, because I have a body fat machine in my house. Not like, you know, a scale, but like an actual machine. Um, And then, you know, weighing myself really, you know, my weight is supposed to be going up, right? That's, That's kind of the goal of... You know, I mean, like this idea of I want to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. Like you're way better off picking one and you'll be more successful at both. And what I think you'll find and one of the things that we could sort of help you walk through is that when you actually do want to gain lean mass, you know, having your weight, you know, allowing some level of up, you know, is going to help you and that's going to be magical as it relates to the time that you go down right right? and so the end game isn't you know 
oh yeah, we're going to establish this baseline and then we're not going to be able to work from that. No, you want to be able to kind of, kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're just setting up the plan right now. You're working in a positive direction. And then, you know, obviously at some future point, we're going to use that new better math, you know, to, to see it to see the results that ultimately I think something else that ties in with that as well just like you were talking about focusing on one thing like hitting your calories another something I like to do with coaching clients is I want them to I want you and you guys should feel successful at doing one thing that's really important so if that means I'm able to lower your protein number just a little bit for you so you can hit that and feel that you're successful in hitting that number. Your carbs will come in time, but you're at least hitting your protein. So same with, like Paul's talking about, dropping dropping scale weight versus getting stronger. I mean, you want to be successful at one, not mediocre at both. I think it mentally feels better um, when you're able to do that. Yeah. So... Um... Let's move on to the next questions because we have we have a few people lining up here. So Candace says, what's the best way to figuring out your meals, macros, etc.? Does everyone just sort of eat the same? Brandon. Does everyone just sort of eat the same things all the time so you don't always have to figure these things out? I do. I do too. I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, because I really think that variety is a certain, you know, adds a certain element. Now, we actually, if you're in the meal planning group, and if you're not in the meal planning group, you should be because, you know, there's just such great things happening over there. But since we've all kind of moved to Instapots, it's like like Instapot frenzy over there right now. It has allowed for some variety, you know, in the way that, you know, my family eats now. Um, so that's been helpful. Um, I do think, you know, I mean, as much as, you know, you know, when you look at the four things that end up being a priority, it's quantity, quality, variety, and then timing. And then timing's like really far down, right? It's really those first three that end up being, you know, a big thing. If you can factor in variety in that, you know, where you're having a certain amount of, you know, vitamins, micronutrients through, you know, deep green salads and, and, and colorful fruits and, and veggies. That's awesome. Um, and that's kind of how I do it. You know, I mean, if, if, if I don't have a plan for eating, you know, salads, um, with my dinner, typically, you know, it doesn't happen. Or if I, you know, if I'm eating, you know, I mean, I end up eating Chipotle more than I probably like to admit, and so having enough, you know, calories and macros. Yeah, having enough calories and macros available, so you know, I can have you know, avocado, you know, uh, or, or guacamole, um, just so I can get in kind of those healthy fats and stuff like that. But you know, certainly, you know, something like Chipotle is great for protein, whereas something like say Subway, you know. Cold cuts don't actually have a whole lot of protein, and then you end up mm-hmm. using a lot of calories, and then you kind of a lot of sodium. Yeah, a lot of lot of a lot of calories, a lot of sodium. Now, some of you might not have a big issue with sodium. Um, mm-hmm. I know I typically do not. Um, right now, I am not super concerned about sodium because when you're trying to 
um, gain uh, lean mass, sodium actually works in your favor. That's sort of one of the things that, that we talk about that, that a lot of other people don't. That said, um, when you showed a group coaching, right, I would say probably the biggest recommendation that we have for most people is you really need to reduce that sodium because it ends up being pretty excessive once we start looking right. at it from a logging perspective. Right. I mean, is when you're that... getting regular journal food log reviews week after week and, you know, your sodium's at 5,000 milligrams yeah. or tens a week. And you're not a runner and you're not... Yeah and you're not sweating it out and stuff like that, then yeah, you know, it can be kind of a bigger issue. You ready for the next one? Yes, I am. Okay. So, Brandon, hello everyone. Thanks for hosting this session. Paul and Sarah <coughs> have a question. What's the difference between a standard Easy Perform membership and Quick Start? I watched the Quick Start video, but I'm still unclear about what the different service offerings are in terms of membership. Well, we have a dedicated team that just works on that. I would say probably the biggest benefit to Quick Start is um, the extra classes. For instance, you know, you guys can come to one of these a month. Typically, there's no real limits on the on the classes. But you know, if if I'm being 100% truthful with you on that, what a lot of people view it as is the way to work through performance-focused fat loss cycles, right? And so, you know, when you look at performance-focused fat loss cycles, there's not going to be a lot of discussion about that in, in the regular forums because we're really trying to get the majority of people kind of moving in the direction of eating an adequate amount for what they do. Right. We set up Quick Start from the standpoint of, you know, really focusing on performance-focused fat loss because, you know, when you're talking about kind of heading people in the right direction, that requires a whole level of attention and then having a whole team of people that help people with performance-focused fat loss, that is really what Quick Start does. Right. And, it, you know, Quick Start kind of started as, as our lifetime membership and currently you actually do end up being a lifetime member, though that is going to be changing relatively soon. So if you're considering Quick Start, that might be a reason to do it. But I would say that for the good majority of people, um, the big emphasis for them is walking through performance-focused fat loss cycles with some level of coaching. And I would say it's like it's levels. If you look at it like levels, you know, being any to perform member in the forum, if you're building up, this is your the basics, and then quick start, you're adding that second level, learning about the that fat loss phase, and then you've got group coaching. Where in group coaching, we do all of it. You know, wherever you are in your cycle, maybe you just finished a cut, and we need to build you back up again. You're looking to increase your gains again. Um, or you need to fat loss cycle, whatever that is, it's um, group coaching is, is that highest level of everything combined. Well, what you what I think most people need to realize, and what's nice about group coaching is that, you know, when you stay in group coaching for at least three months, you actually become a lifetime member. And the reason why we do that is because, you know, we're trying to walk people through these cycles of, you know, where they're reaching their goals and, and ultimately, 
you know, losing fat in that process. And that, that takes a while. It's, you know, it's this emphasis on like 30 days and two week resets and, you know, all this other bullshit, you know, that is just confusing people. And what we do is we walk you through the whole process and, uh, you know, before we had quick start, before we had group coaching, we had thousands of people getting success, you know, in the forums and we, you know, put out a lot of information on how, you know, how to create a deficit, you know, how to, you know, get success doing that. But I was the, one of them. Right. There was none of the other groups when yeah. I joined. Yeah, I mean, if you look at all of the, the Eat Perform coaches, they tended to be somebody that had good success doing Eat Perform. And, you know, that's how we kind of pick people. You know, we, yeah. you know, if... Right now we have our group or our um, uh, our certification, and that's sort of a pool that we we're able to draw from. But yeah, um, in general, I would say, you know, it, it's really level of attention and more access to us. You know, that that's that's pretty much it. I mean, like as an example, you know, um, well, I'm not gonna say that because <laughs> all of a sudden I'll just end up getting like text messages what? like crazy. You know. Come on. No. Are you talking about the costumes on our coaching calls? No. What? Okay. So what I was gonna say was, um, we we had something come up, and I wanted people to understand that they have access to me, and that you know, and so I gave them my phone number, you know, and and you know, if you're a quick start client, you know, you can you actually would have my phone number. Now don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm probably not going to answer, but no, the, 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 the point was what I was saying is that if we're building a community and, you know, there was something going on in the community that was upsetting people, I wanted people to have access to me so they, they would know, you know, right. how to deal with that. And so and people, I think more people met private message me from group coaching than they do the other groups. I think it's, it's like you said, it's just that heightened level of contact availability. Yeah, I mean, I I have a lot of people message me, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I think it probably, I think most people understand that, you know, I'm kind of a busy guy, you know, but, but I'm not as busy as most people think. And there is a lot of access, you know, yeah. um, w whether it be quick start, whether it be, you know, um, group coaching where we can have these conversations. I mean, from my perspective, you know, doing these kinds of calls allows you guys a little bit better understanding. And I think, you know, when we're kind of deep diving those issues, it really helps. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Let's do this. All right. This is from Devin. Um, and it's Devin. We're just going to say Devin regarding weight training. <laughs> Seems like a lot of people are doing heavy lifting and CrossFit. I do bar and body weight exercises in addition to running. Is this going to be a good fit for me? Well, first of all, if you, you know, I, I kind of jokingly say that if you were a chain smoking alien, eat to form would work for you. <coughs> um, because it's based on total daily energy expenditure. We're in, it's, you know, I, I think, you know, once again, it's one of these other things that I keep talking about is that you have to, dive in 
You know, you have to, you know, the reason why you don't know the answer to that question is because you're not dived in, you, you haven't dove in. We have a ton of runners. We have a lot of people. If you look at Sam Sackett, if you go to programming and training, Sam Sackett's putting up a, a post on a daily basis of training just like you're talking about. So mm-hmm. you, you're like, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that eForm has a programming and training group. Not only do we have a programming and training group, we have a programming and training group that is a public group. You, you literally could be in that group and not even be an eForm member. And the reason why we do that is because as we're talking to people on podcasts or as we're talking to people on the page, we want to be able to communicate. When we have 60 coaches that are able to kind of communicate with you guys. Now, you know, can we get to to your question in two minutes? You know, we can't. You know, I mean, that's not a realistic expectation. I mean, we're really kind of a volume model. Now, certainly as you kind of move up the ladder, you know, um, you know, you have certainly more access, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's sort of the point there, but yeah, I mean, I would say that the way that you described your training is pretty much the way that I train. So being the founder of each perform, I would say a resounding yes. Gold star. Okay. Next question, Mary Beth Wilson. I'm having a hard time. We kind of touched on this question, but having a hard time getting my post workout in and then trying to get breakfast before 11 a.m. Fast at night, workout before 9 a.m. I'm getting enough carbs on my post workout. Good on food. So um, we talked about timing and and how that's not super important. So not you don't need to cram in that post workout and have you know another meal before 11 a.m. You you don't ever you should two things I like to tell people don't ever want you to feel overstuffed on this program and really don't want you starving. I mean unless you're on a fat loss cycle you should never feel hungry. You should also never feel overstuffed. Yeah, I mean we do often have people say you. Know, yeah. I'm feeling a little hungry right now and and you know I'll then say well which week are you on as it relates to performance focused fat loss and then be like oh I'm not doing performance focused yeah. fat loss like then why are you starving what? like the whole point is to eat you know the whole point is to eat and do more and better things you know um and so so that sort of misses the overall picture of how you see long term success but when I was, you know, I did a live seminar in New York at, uh, you know, during the summer and went out there for two weeks and it was kind of fun to be able to, to you know, kind of dive into New York City for, for two weeks with my family and my dad I ended up coming out and it was really fun. I think we should do it again shortly here. Well, we're, 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 we're we have lots of things in the works. And so, uh. But but all of them's fun and all of them's been exciting because that's how you generate passion, right? And so, um, what this gal comes up to me and she starts to cry, and she starts to cry because she's like, I just don't feel like, you know, I feel like I'm doing it wrong, you know, and I said, you're fine, you know. I gave her a hug. I whispered in her ear, 
You cannot do eat to perform wrong. You know, it's this idea that the more rigid you are, the more likely you are to have success. That's actually the problem for most people. You know, it's really kind of the failures in understanding that lights the path long term. And, you know, you know, we have another question that's coming up here real soon that that, you know, Sarah's going to read off to me, but I, I did kind of see it. The problem with I need to lose weight, you know, is oftentimes you're going to sacrifice muscle muscle in that process. And what most people don't realize <coughs> is that muscle is so important to your long-term health, your metabolism, longevity of life, right? But when we're talking about, you know, fat loss in general, is way important, you know, um, and and pr probably the biggest thing that we focus on that almost no one else is focusing on. And then you go, well, I'm going through slot, and I'm seeing all these people with the the abs and the the results and and this and that, you know. And, and ask yourself, is that you? What you did in the past, did that work? You know, in a similar way. And the reason why it didn't and the reason why those people are having success and maybe you aren't right now is because you're sort of stuck in that mindset, right? And you know what? It might take a while. We had, you know, Kylie Black actually was one of the people that um, in Slot posted about, you know, her results. And I think she went from 21% to 15% as a female. I mean, like 21% is like really super lean. You know, 15% is, is like Olympian. You know, um, but what I remember most about her, you know, because I, I know she works out at a gym that we're very friendly with. And those guys are awesome at CrossFit Palace in Ithaca, New York. And they do a great job programming for their clients. And, and once again, I mean, great example of excitement and all the things that make a, a gym great. But she came in like so super scared, you know about eating an adequate amount for what she does and, and this and that. In the last year, her everything has exploded. And also, she lost body fat percentage, right? Mm -hmm. But if she hadn't focused on all those other things, so it's, it's not that fat loss can't be on the list. It's just it can't be first on the list, you know? You have to, you have to start putting other things as some level of priority that that will enlighten the path later on right um and that you know, that was steve's question about you know losing body fat and that kind of stuff but the one note, note that steve added was and i know you like to address this is you can't you're not losing body fat and he feels like it's affecting his ability to do pull-ups mm -hmm. um so in, in terms of, of pull-ups, I mean, what are we talking about in terms of like weight here, right? I mean, we're... we're... So he said he's about 29% body fat. Okay. He wanted to lose weight without losing much lean mass. After a death's different, he also wants to gain lean mass. Uh -huh. Extra weight carrying hurts my performance. Uh-huh. Working out, seeing pull-ups. Okay. Cycling. So good luck. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I think that your focus on weight is ultimately going to hurt your performance more than, than the other. 
as an example, um, you know, I got down to 150 pounds at one point, and right now I think I'm, you know, right at 180. You know, so you go, well, you know, you're 30 pounds heavier. Does that necessarily correlate to, you know, less pull-ups? I can do way more pull-ups than I did at 150. Yeah. You know, because you know, one, I have a lot more muscle mass on my frame, but also. And, and, and once again, I mean, you know, I'll, you know, go back to 170 and certainly I will see some performance gains there and hopefully in that process I won't lose strength. But, you know, it's all this bullshit of, of you know, I want to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. It's just not possible. It's and from a physiological standpoint, you know. You guys are seeing a lot of progress early on because you're new to all of these things. As you become better at all of it, you know, for instance, one of the things that that doesn't, you know, occur to a lot of people in Steve's situation is that his body is the best resistance training tool that he has. And so when you talk about doing pull-ups, right? Now you can only do five. Well, maybe next week you're doing seven. Maybe the next week you're doing nine. If you can do that at whatever weight you're at, that is going to be favorable as it relates to gaining lean tissue. It's similar to deadlifting, you know, going from 315 to 405 to 500. You have to work to be progressively. But now let's say that I, I'm, I'm gonna do what Steve's doing and I'm going, this is all hurting you know, my, my progress, you know, having this weight on my body. What's exciting about that? What, what's passionate about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you know, I'm just being, I'm just gonna be real honest with you. Like, you can't have those messages in your life. You can't allow that kind of discussion to be had because it's like a place of negativity and 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 one of the things that we talk about is that no one hates themselves lean you know and if you do oftentimes you end up you know with a bad relationship with food you know all these types of things and so you know am i saying to you that you know you can't have fat loss as a goal or you can't have weight loss as a goal you know no but if you're 29% body fat, okay, you got there somehow, right? And my guess is you don't really know how you got there. Like, for instance, you don't know how many calories you were eating to get there. You, you just naturally assume that a lot of your bad choices ended up being kind of a net negative. What I'm saying is, is let's reverse all of that. Let's focus on you know, getting the performance side of things, rather than saying this extra weight is holding me back from pull-ups, man the fuck up, you know, like seriously, show up on Tuesday, do five pull-ups, like the next week, do six pull-ups, do seven pull-ups, you know, and what will happen in that scenario is that it changes your mentality fundamentally, you know, and it challenges your inner person, you know, and, you know, when you look at, you know, how someone goes from, like, for instance, one of the things that I talk about a lot in my journey 
because I was doing a lot of cardio type stuff and wasn't doing a lot of weightlifting type of things. And I kind of got stuck at about 21%. Like no matter what I could do, you know, I, I, I ultimately would just kind of stay at 21%. Once I started adding in more resistance training and more specific resistance training, then I went to 9%. But you don't get to that level, you know, by just going, you know, you'll, you'll get stuck at one of these, these, you know, kind of, you know, middle points. And, you know, a lot of pull-ups, as an example, is, am I going to get off the bar or am I not getting off the bar? You know, it's a lot mentality, you know what I mean? So, like, you're you're thinking to yourself, well, I can do four pull-ups now. You know, if I was 10 pounds less, I could do seven pull-ups. Well, do seven pull-ups now. Just, like, like mentally get to a point where, I mean, there's a woman at my gym, she's 210 pounds, she can do pull-ups, right? So pull-ups has a component of strength, right? Has a component of building lean tissue and working your central nervous system to a point where you're challenging it enough to adapt to the stimulus. And so the way that you're thinking of it is the opposite of what's ultimately going to land you and once again you know does that mean that you won't end up eating less at some future point yeah yeah that's awesome you know we can do that eventually right but i'm saying right now let's figure out how to keep you weight stable and continue getting better in the gym so then we have a baseline to work off of you want to put the cart before the horse and that's the thing that's been fucking you up for years right and I'm saying to you right now that if you change that mentality, it will change everything. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I, if people aren't used to me, they're like, why is he cursing at me? He seems so mean. You know, this is going to church, folks. Getting yeah. on these calls. Yeah. This, this is going to church. Yeah. I mean, this is, so, this is sort of, you know, I, I mean, like, I, I, I think that words are important. You know, and I think that words for emphasis is important. And so you go, well, you know, couldn't you not curse to use a word for emphasis? Maybe I could, you know, but it's just it's just a word that just matters to me. And I, I just want you to have that, Steve. I want you to have that passion. I want you to feel, you know, um, like that challenge, you know. I mean, my wife was talking to me. We were I was doing, you know, real heavy deadlifts. And, and I was concerned that I was going to pass out, you know. Um, and she's like, why would you do anything where you could potentially pass out, you know? And, like, I need that challenge to get better for that thing, you know, which in, in this instance, you know, I'm never going to get above 500 pounds on my deadlift without really pushing it to that next level. And I would... I would argue that a lot of people don't have that, you know, that they they don't push themselves enough where mentally they're allowing their body to get better because they're always focused on the hate themselves lean part. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a few more questions here, so I'm going to get going. Amy, how does fasting one day a week affect ATP? Fasting for spiritual reasons. Um, breakfast through the afternoon, break Break the fast at dinner, assuming that should be done on a rest recovery day. 
Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting about what you're saying is when I first started Eat to Perform, uh, I did so after writing an article. I can't remember. They were all called the same, but it was like, you know, Wadbox or Wadcast or, you know, it was some, some, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all kind of roughly the same. And it was the most popular article in the history of their site ever. And I started talking about fasting and I started talking about how I use fasting on occasion to get a result. And I still use fasting on occasion to get a result. Um, Typically, you know, like if you eat 700 calories of oatmeal, you know, in the morning and you're looking to cut, you know, a good candidate might be that 700 calories of oatmeal, you know? Yeah. And so that is typically what, you know, I'll, I'll do. If you want to call that fasting, you, you can, right. you know, um, but it, it basically works off of about a 12 to 14 hour window. And um, in terms of fasting, I think when you talk about the problems with fasting, it really comes to the same problems of deficit dieting all the time, right? If you're hammering with the same hammer all the time, you're going to run into all kind of hormonal issues and stuff like this. But if we're looking at, you know, for spiritual reasons, trying to fast, I think that's perfectly in line with eat to perform. Actually, Mike, and in, in, if, if you guys, you know, um, have read Metflex, he talks about fasting. He talks about the benefits of fasting. And a lot of the benefits of fasting are real similar to the benefits of exercise, where it makes you more nutrient efficient, it makes you more, um, makes food more bioavailable. And, you know, I, I, I believe in some level of, you know, Restriction okay, restriction occasionally so your body is able to adapt because you know that's sort of the way right. we're designed. Add on to Amy's question: What's the reason you should not eat fruit pre or post workout? Um, I'm not a huge fan of of you know that advice either way. You know, um, I don't believe that you know anything that that you may have read through us you know, would certainly be a guideline. The point of having mostly starches is because it refills your glucose because it is glucose. Whereas fruits are fructose and it's going to prioritize liver glycogen replenishment. So you're really not looking at getting your muscles. Now, will your body figure it out? You know, sure. You know, um, so I wouldn't look at it like you shouldn't. I I would look at it like, is it slightly better or slightly worse? And I would say that if you ate a potato as opposed to eating an orange, the potato is slightly better. Does that mean don't eat the orange? You know, you're still fine eating an orange. <laughs> hey, Raj, multiple questions alert. How soon? Dude, here, hold on one second. Steve... Thank you for saying that, because he's like, got it, I'll stay on the bar. I mean, you know, I, I hate it I hate it when people, I don't want people to think that I'm being mean, you know what I mean? Because no. I really don't. I mean, like, I, 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 I needed that so bad, man. You know, my, my, my trainer was like special forces, you know? And I mean, like, the, the shit that he would say to me was like unreal. And that's who, that's what made me who I am today, yeah. you know? 
and it really changed me fundamentally. So I appreciate you saying that, Steve. Awesome. So Raj, multiple questions. How soon is it to expect changes in my body composition? Um, run through all these questions. What now? Real quick. You want me to run through all his questions real quick? Um, well, let's just walk through one. Um, first of all, it depends on your level of body composition now. If you're already relatively lean, then, you know, um, you'll probably see results a little bit quicker. If you're holding on to a fair amount of fat right now, you know, if you look at, let's say that you were 27% body fat as a male, <coughs> which is, you know, not... You know, you can be healthy at that point, but I wouldn't say it's optimal, right? So if you start lifting, you might see results in the mirror and, and you might be thinking to yourself, man, I'm making like real gains here. And then you get body fat tested and you're like, well, I'm 24%. And you get like kind of a negative, you know, mm -hmm. impression from that. I mean, I remember... You know, when I was 32%, you know, I thought to myself that I was like 18%, you know, and so when I, when I hit that, you know, this was, this was very early in my journey. I talk about it a lot. So, you know, you can listen to all those 50,000, you know, podcasts and YouTube videos um, previous to this, but, you know, I, I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I looked bad, you know, um, but I just didn't have a lot of muscle, you know. And so, so that's where, you know, some level of patience will make it, make a difference. But if you're, if you're really lean, you know, you'll see gains really quickly, especially if you were under eating, you're kind of getting that muscle protein turnover relatively quickly. Your muscles are hydrated, whereas they used to be dehydrated. So there you go. How do I adjust my, mod adjust, modify my macros according to my workout intensity volume on brutal workout days versus moderate days? Should I stick? provided to me or add in more carbs slash protein i go by feel you know honestly mm -hmm. and That's I, what I tell people too yeah yeah i i i will typically you know um you know for instance i mean i mentioned chipotle uh earlier i'm gonna mention it again normally i would get double chicken on those days i would get uh triple chicken triple. with triple chicken with extra rice you know and and you know i might have um, you know, if normally, you know, I'm just trying to think of what I, what I normally might have for dessert. I might have a little bit more dessert on that day. Now I will tell you one thing that is important for all you guys to hear. Your weight might be up on that day afterward. Right. right. And, you know, part of that is sort of like your inflammation re reaction and, and things of that nature. And, and certainly, you want to have kind of lower carbohydrates on your rest days to kind of process some of that. I don't always do that though. Um, and, and the reason why I don't always do that is because I want to have available energy for more and better workouts. And that ultimately lands me with more muscle long-term. Right. So you, you know, might not be there yet mentally, right? But, but I would say that that ends up being kind of a net positive for, for most people. Um, but having the scale up on a day like that actually is positive because it sends a signal to your body that you're going to feed it an adequate amount of food mm -hmm. for the, you know, the days that you're doing 
you know, heavy work. And it's also a signal for your body to adapt to that. You know, I'm talking insulin response. I'm talking, you know, all the things that are positive as it relates to building muscle. And people will ask too, and, and Paul, I like the way Paul does that. And that's the way I do it too. It's more intuitive. He's listening to his body and he's saying he'll do triple chicken and extra rice where again, in group coaching, people will ask, well, well, how many calories, you know, they want a number. And so that's fine. If you are, I would say if you're adding in more activity, anywhere between 25 and 50 grams of carbs uh, to start with. And if you're still hungry, you know, just add little, you know, little by little to see what makes you feel good. Well, and I also default higher, right? And I think that's something that, that you guys probably aren't super like comfortable with at the moment and that's okay you know but i i default you know i know that you know 800 calories worth of ice cream isn't necessarily going to kill me and it's actually positive for those days you guys might not be there yet mentally and so that's what we're gonna walk you through yeah how are the fat and carb macros calculated i don't understand the question that's what um saint raj is asking um, just how do we calculate our fat, fat and carb macros is what I'm guessing that is it's the numbers that we give them. Um, okay. Um, I can try to dissect that a little bit. Basically your protein is going to be 0 0.7, 0 0.8 sort of depends on how much lean mass, what your size is, things of that nature. Then what we'll do is we'll kind of start from a baseline of, you know, 0.75, you know, or, or I'm, I'm 75 grams, 100 grams, you know, it kind of depends on the size of the athlete once again. And then we'll go, okay, well, does that, is that a fit? You know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, let's say that we set it at your 150 grams of protein, 100 grams of fat, and then your, your carbs are 672, you know, well, you know, then we'll, we'll sort of adjust it. So, you know, it seems more in line with a moderate approach rather than kind of like the, you know, 672 carbs is pretty extreme, right? You know, so we want to be able to kind of set you guys up for success long term. And so, you know, this is why, you know, if you just go to the eat perform calculator and, and calculate it, oftentimes people go, that was just confusing. <laughs> and, and this is why we started doing it for people, you know, um, we actually, in, in the very beginning, you know, people did it themselves and we were like, yeah, no, we're gonna, we'll just do it for you. That's like, that is my favorite when people are like, well, but I've been following my numbers. Oh, who gave you your numbers? Uh, well, calculator. Right. Yeah. No, you shouldn't be eating 700 grams of carbohydrates. Yeah. <laughs> okay. ADHD MD, do you recommend a body fat test done early on? Yes. Find a that does this. What now? You go to Paul's house. No, don't go to Paul's house. It's a mess. My house is destroyed right now. My actually, I wish I could like show you guys. Um, I have like fourteen kombucha bottles that I need to get upstairs. Um, oh, Vicky, smells nasty. They all have the cap on, Sarah. Lighten up. Um, but they haven't exploded. I drank all the stuff in them. Um, but uh, one of the biggest regrets that I have is that I don't know my body fat percentage from when I first started off. 
you know, which had to be middle 40 percentile. You know, I just did not have a priority for muscle in my life. And um, by the time I did get the will to do that, some of it was I didn't really know. You know, I mean, we're talking about eight to 10 years ago at this point, you know, so some of this is, you know, a long time ago. And, um, you know, what's, what's interesting about eight to 10 years ago is when you think of how old the internet is, the internet is only 20 years old. I mean, I mean, yeah, of course we can get to like the super nerdy part. I mean, we're talking about like the useful part where you're on MySpace and stuff like that. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> like MySpace was useful. Um, but yeah, no, early on, I'm a big fan of, of body fat testing. Um, and you can just Google it. Yeah, I would just Google that, speaking of the internet, find a location. Yeah. Uh, Raj, I sweat a lot. Like, literally a wet t-shirt after my workout sessions. Should I, so do I, should I be worried about the sodium and, and magnesium levels? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to replenish more sodium and more magnesium levels. What I'd be a fan of, what's it called? Um, is it? It's not newt. I, um, it, it's UUT. Shoot, I, I have it upstairs. Um, I drink it all the time. But it's basically a. Um, it's basically replenishes electrolytes, and so that's what I would probably drink in that scenario. Probably don't, you know, want to stay away from like something like Gatorade, but if you wanted to put in, you know, some kind of starch, you know, like we have Cytofuse um, that we sell in the form store. The Targo is also pretty popular. Um, all those things are helpful. But um, if you just drank, you know, a lot of times I will just put like, you know, um, what's it called? Doggone it. I hate this. It's like the electrolyte tabs. It's called it youth. It's not called. No, it's not. It's, it's, yeah. okay. Hold on. I'll put it in the show. I'll put it in the show notes for this. How about that? Okay. I'll put it in the show oh. notes for this. Okay. And none tabs. There we go. That's what it is. It's none tabs. Um, Thank you. None tabs is super super helpful. Um, and I, I actually drink that every single day. You know, I have a none tab. Usually have like a shaker bottle of water. And um, super, super helpful. Okay, Mary Beth Wilson. I curve for so long. If you burn calories, don't eat them. I know this different, so I don't need to worry about calories in and calories out. Question mark. I've burn heard for so long, if you burn calories, don't eat them. Okay, so here's the problem with what you're saying, Mary Beth is that you're suggesting that your body is not intelligent, right? That your body doesn't have the ability to adjust to it, that it doesn't have the ability to reduce your thyroid function. It doesn't have the ability to have less recovery because, you know, you're not asking your recovery hormones to work, right? So when you talk about calories in, calories out, we're not really talking about a discussion of, you know, whether this is going to be the end all be all, you know, answer to your problems because what most people are saying when they're asking the question that you're asking is they're talking about reduction, right? 
And mm -hmm. so let's say that your body's supposed to be eating 2,400 calories, but you're eating 1,100 and you're not um, losing weight. If you went to a science lab and got a metabolic cart done, what you probably find is, is that all the dieting and all that intuitive eating that you're talking about where calories don't matter, well, the calories are mattering for you in a big way because ultimately you've reduced your metabolism to a point where it's adjusted to 1,100 calories, right? And so when you look at like a non-intuitive way of eating, and, and let's be clear, you know, I don't count calories on a daily basis, you know, um, I, I do, you know, like I told you guys earlier, um, you know, I have some level of understanding of how much I'm eating on a daily basis. I tend to do it a little bit more intuitively. I tend to focus a little bit more on the, the workout side of things. But when I want a specific result, I need to know how many calories I'm eating, right? Mm -hmm. And I know as an example that I eat more than 3,000 calories on a daily basis right now. So I know that when you know I set up a, a, a short cutting cycle, I don't have to be at this extreme deficit the way that you might need to be if you were eating intuitively, eating mostly chicken and kale, and then you're like, well, how am I gonna lose weight? Well, less chicken and kale, right? No more kale. <laughs> right. Or you can allow your body to function the way that it's supposed to. You know, it was kind of an interesting discussion when I talked about this with Dr. Tracy Mann because she was talking about um, calorie counting and how it's a net negative for people. And what I said was, you know, I said, but what if they use the calorie counting to find out where actual calorie balance is, right? Calorie balance is the most important thing as it relates to your weight loss, fat loss over time. And if you're just trying to do it from the standpoint of mostly whole foods, that's awesome. Mostly whole foods is great. I eat mostly whole foods myself. I'm a big fan of it. But you have to have some understanding of what the specifics are required to, for you to see a result. You know, And if you're always opting for less, 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 you know, what you're going to find is that your body does adjust to it. And calories absolutely do matter in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Kelly is asking a question just right along the same lines as Mary Beth's. She has her Fitbit synced to her, my fitness pal. My fitness pal offers me extra calories for the day. Should I eat more? Um, Your body might not be ready yet, right? Right. And, and I actually have an article on this. Um, it's actually your Fitbit, and I think it's called your Fitbit. You can use the search bar on Eat Perform, but your Fitbit and your metabolism might not be friends yet. It's kind of similar to what we were talking about with Mary Beth. You're, you're, um, you have to allow for some level of adaptation you know, mm -hmm. and that's a little bit of what we walk you guys through, you know, after, you know, what you guys are doing is you're trying to find out where calorie balance is and try to get your body working the way that it's supposed to work. Well, what happens after you do that is we'll walk you through kind of a deficit cycle. And then what happens in that deficit cycle is afterwards, we try to get your, you know, your, your back. So let me give you an example of what I mean in that scenario. So let's say that you're someone and you have a fair, fat, 
Uh, do you have a call, by the way, Sarah, that you have to get to? I do not. Nope. Okay. We're good. So, um, I would I would have told you. Yeah. So you know, for those that don't know, you know, Sarah will do a lot of intake calls as it relates to group coaching, and so sometimes these have to get. You know, we have to be real strict about the hour, <laughs> but but in this scenario, I get to be long winded. Yeah, I get to be super long winded. Um, and people are like, God, this is the longest, dullest podcast ever, you know, but I think it is helpful. Like, I think a lot of people are kind of like, you know, listening into this and you guys question. I love the fact I, the, the fundamentals classes are always the best classes as it relates to questions, you know, but when we're talking about like metabolism, one, your metabolism might not be ready yet, but how you get your metabolism ready is kind of pushing it a little bit. It was sort of like the discussion that I was having with Steve. Like if you want to get better at pull-ups, don't naturally assume that your weight is always the problem, you know? And so don't naturally assume that, you know, one of the biggest problems that I have with if it fits your macros, you know, which is kind of another way of kind of looking at dieting. It's actually similar to Weight Watchers, truthfully. Um, But if... For instance, your macros equal 2,400 calories and you're a male, you know, who's to say that that's where you get better, right? You might get better at 2,700 calories. So, you know, kind of pushing it occasionally is helpful. And then when you look at short-term weight gain, a lot of times it's just water, you know, and so you can kind of kind of deal with that, you know, from the standpoint of some level of cycling, some level of exercise, you know, there's lots of ways to kind of fool with that. So, and then Raj has another one, just thanks for answering the series of questions above and was curious about the macro calculation. Um, Raj is the one that asked about how do you calculate fats and carbs? Um, Based on goals, I'm stuck on 24 to 26% for the past six months. I focus more on performance, strength, surviving brutal metal metcons always. Yeah. I want my abs to pop out. <laughs> well, your abs aren't going to pop out until roughly, you know, 12 to 14%, right? And, and you know, one of the things that's sort of interesting, you know, I mean, if, if you guys, you know, remember back to the sales page where you see, you know, in both pictures, you know, I have abs. Um, in one side though my abs are much more defined and that was Mm -hmm. because of the the weightlifting now can you see abs as a male you know at 14 to 18 percent absolutely you know um will it be like an eight pack you know photoshopped abs no you know um i gotta tell you like when i was when i was on barbell shrugged um the intro, the intro, well, since I've already cursed, I can curse now, but the intro that we were going to use was fuck you and your abs, right? And what we were trying to say to people is that this focus on abs is ultimately the thing that's stopping you from getting abs, you know? And so for you, you know, if you're looking at kind of these Metcons that are long and, and trying to survive, you know, that tells me that you might be focused a little bit more on the earning your food part, you know, and then you end up hungry. I struggled with that for so many years, right? 
you know, for a long time when I was, when I was, you know, this was early thirties and I've been kind of, kind of reviewing this in my brain, um, doing an audio book that I'm doing right now. And, and I didn't exercise, you know, um, and I didn't exercise at all because every time I exercised, I was hungry and I couldn't lose weight if I was hungry, you know, what helped me with eat perform and ultimately got me to the point where I was able to lose 80 pounds was the fact that, you know, I said, I'm not going to put the food part first. I'm going to put the performance part first. But in that process, you know, I built up, you know, when you're eating 4,000 calories a day and don't, you know, make no mistake about it. I was doing a lot of hard work, you know, I was eating a lot of food and then I would occasionally, you know, kind of have these deficit periods, which ultimately is what became the, the wave method. Um, but, you know, if you were cutting, as an example, and you were cutting at 3,000 calories as opposed to, you know, 1,500 calories, which one would make you more successful, right? Which one could you adhere to easier? For me, it was the 3,000 calories. <laughs> That's it for our question. But but got people thanking us. But I do I do want to say to Raj and 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 I mean I don't know if you saw in slot you know I kind of posted a picture. You know it's sort of funny like if you don't see because you know everybody was kind of showing their abs and I kind of showed that like you know my abs in January they're not like super ripped you know um, now at the same time you know I I almost took a picture last night. Where, you know, it was kind of more, it wasn't just me pulling up my shirt. It was more, you know, my whole body. You know, I mean, like, I go through periods where, you know, because I'm probably 16, 17% right now, you know, because that, you know, that's a little bit of what you have to do to get stronger. Um, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, I mean, my wife doesn't seem unhappy either, you know, just putting that out there, you know. Um, but when I was in San Diego, as an example, I was able to do a lot more running, be a little bit more active. It's really tough in Minnesota, as an example, you know, you're just stuck in your house for like three to four months. And if you're in like a Northern climate, or even if you're, even if you're Chicago. in, I mean, if, like if you're in Louisiana, right? Like my family's in Louisiana right now and the weather's like 45 to 50 degrees. I mean, you ain't dying to be outside, you know? And what's interesting about that, you know, because we had this discussion with other classes as well, is that a lot of the time when people focus on their dieting cycles, they focus at the absolute worst time to do it. You know, the absolute worst time yeah. to cut is when your activity is low, you know, when you can't go out and walk around the block a couple times and, and get some of that extra, you know, stuff kind of worked out. So... Alrighty, so questions are over. I appreciate it. You guys were awesome. You asked great questions, and it was Brandon's just joining group coaching. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. um, I appreciate everybody being here, and uh, I think you know a lot of people are going to love this one because you guys asked such good questions. So I appreciate, it. and and hopefully, hopefully Steve recovers from the mental beating of me cursing at him. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Yeah, I get I get intense. You know, one of the things I I. I I joke about is like you guys should have been on our staff meetings way back when. Yeah, well nobody no 
no person should walk through the produce aisle with this level of intensity, right? That's <laughs> that's kind of my thing. So I appreciate everybody being here. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.